Let's all be seated. I appreciate Brother John's words here tonight. If there is a man that cares about the future of the church, it is this man called Brother John. He might not be a professor. He doesn't want to be. He not, might not be some millionaire. I'm sure he can do well with some cash, but he does not want to be this big fish. Very humble, very sincere, very dedicated, and cares for the work of God. When Brother John sits here behind me every service, he make a list of all those who are sitting in the sanctuary. You still do that, Brother John? Yeah, every service, <clears throat> I want him to come to the place of making a list of all those who are missing. That's going to be a longer list, right? <laughs> no, stay with a short list, Brother John. And so he does that. He has got piles and piles of notebooks. Did he tell me that? No. But I look at the size. Give me see the size of that book. Now look at the size of this notebook. And you know what? It's not going in futility. How many of these you got? No, I don't know. Maybe a few hundred of those. Because since I know Brother John, he comes with that notebook. Yeah. That size of notebook and he writes down everything that's there. He doesn't sit and play smart. He writes down everything. If Sister Dorcas gets up, he writes down. If somebody get up here that does not seem like they have a lot of power, he writes down what they say. He is a good and faithful man in this church. And I appreciate Brother John. Um, we sang chorus earlier. I like this one. He lift me up, out, out, he, he brought me up, up. See, there's a scripture that talks about miry clay. And while you're looking for, these here are looking for that, I want you to look with me at another scripture in First Samuel, in the writings of Samuel, First Samuel, where Hannah makes a statement, and it was something similar. She said, she prophesied, and Hannah was a wonderful woman, very wonderful woman. A woman that was barren, but it did not defeat her. It was barren, her husband had two wives. She was the one that was barren, the other wife was full of kids. And she would mock at Hannah, but Hannah, her husband loved her. And I believe he loved her more than the one with all the children because she needed that attention. You know the long story, she went into the temple and prayed. And while she was there, things are down, you know. You know when you look up and see the bottom? Well, she was looking up and seeing the bottom. And so she decided to go to the temple. David said, I love the habitation of thine house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. I was sick last night. 
I was really, really frustrating the asthma, and that is because we spent a lot of time sanding dust, and, and I'm allergic to dust, and so we were sanding dust. I'll tell you the story about the door tonight. But um, <laughs> we, were, we, we didn't want a rugged door sitting there, so I wanted to get it looking good. And so you sand and you breathe some of that, and I'm allergic to dust. So last night I really had a tough time. You know, one of the things the devil never tells me to do is to stay home. He never tempts me. Come on, Satan. Give it a shot. Never tells me to stay home. And so I didn't sleep much last night. I had battles, uh, breathing, and all of that. And so I decided this morning to get up early. And I told Brother John, I went and got me some prednisone. And prednisone is a steroid. And the doctor walked into the clinic and they know me. Doctor said, what do you want? I said, five prednisone tablets, 50 milligram each. He says, when last you took this? I said, I can't remember, last year sometime or the year before, or maybe when COVID started. I said, every time I have this problem breathing, I take that because I didn't tell him because I want to come to church. Uh, but that's the reason. I remember when I worked nighttime, 24, uh, working nighttime in the night and couldn't sleep. Uh, we were at Kenmuir Avenue. I buy me wake up pills because I never want to sit in church and go like this and sleep. I love the habitation of God's house and the place where His honor dwelleth. And if you want to survive long, love God, love His house. Love his house. And it would add strength and guidance to you. And so here in, when Hannah, she went into the temple and she started to pray. And, and she moaned and groaned. And, and the priest, who did not have discernment at that point in time, he came out. And uh, when he saw her, Eli, right? Yes. Uh, Eli came out and saw this woman, like she's drunk or something. And he said, woman, she's already looking up and seeing the bottom. She's depressed. She would have been happy if somebody gave her a nice word of encouragement. But you see, you'll be surprised to know that the negatives in your life are designed to strengthen you. And the priest came out and he says, get your, your drunkard woman. Why are you so early drinking? You know, you're drunk. Because she mumbled. And then she lift up her eyes, look at the priest. And she could tell him off, but she did not. She had a sweet spirit. And Hannah said to Eli, she said, My Lord. She called him my Lord. Count me not a daughter of the devil. She said that my heart is a sorrowful heart. You know, and I will give you my own words. She says, I'm praying that God would, my, I'm barren, and my husband has two wives, and the other one is very fruitful, and I'm praying and asking God to give me a son. And if he gives me a son, I'll hand him, him, hand him over back to you. And Eli looked at her. He didn't say, I hope I'm so sorry. I want to, no, he didn't apologize. He said, go, go home, and God grant you the desire of your heart. She went home, got a child. And when the child was weaned, when he was off 
you know, like we would say here today, off his pampers and off his diapers, she brought him back to the temple. Uh, she promised to give him to the Lord's work. And while she was there, the Spirit of God touched Hannah and she prophesied. She prayed like this. She says, my heart, verse, chapter 2, verse 1, my heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn, mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies. She says, because I rejoice in thy salvation, O God. What a way to go. And she said, there is none holy as the Lord. There is none besides thee. There is, there is uh, neither is there any rock like our God. What a woman. She's praising God. And this is a prayer that was recorded. Who recorded it? I don't even know. And I always wonder when these people are doing things like this, who is recording it? Who is there? And, and she said, let no more. Uh, she says, talk no more so exceedingly proudly. Exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. Don't just boast and be proud and talk big. She says, for the Lord is the God of knowledge. And by him, our actions are weighed. Every time you do something, your actions are weighed. God weighs your actions. And it is so important to make sure that you act right. Like, like we say in our family, always find an opportunity to do good. My job, one of the things I love to do is to make an angry looking man smile. I did that this morning. I'm on my way to, to Dixie Mall to, to get some business done. And I pull in at the stop on the North Service Road corner. There was a big black gentleman quarreling with his weeds. He probably owned that little corner lot, right? Nice little house and he's there and he's down at the corner there digging up and quarreling with his weeds. And I stopped because there was no car behind me and there was no car coming inside. I rolled along the window and said, excuse me, are you fretting? He said, yes. There's so much weeds here. I say, God planted them there. <laughs> and he looked at me. He says, I guess so. I said, yes, he planted them there to give you something to do by pulling them out and caring for your lawn. You would one day look at the lawn and see it that you've accomplished. I remember some Jehovah's Witness women that got me one day and they said, what a beautiful garden you have right up in front. I remember something years ago. They said, what a beautiful, they wanted to talk to me so they're finding a reason. They said, God's creation is so beautiful. This garden is so wonderful. So I looked at them and I said, you should see when God alone had it. And they got confused. I said, when God alone had it, it had dandelion, weeds, bush. But with God and me, we can accomplish something. 
And Hannah is talking here and she says, actions are weighed. <clears throat> she said, the bows of the mighty are broken and they that stumble are guarded with strength. When God comes in, a man might talk big and might look like he can accomplish a lot, but time tells. And sometimes the weak man endures to the end and the strong man dies before the time. Don't ever feel you're some big macho person in life. No. God has a way to cut every one of us short. And Hannah is saying here, she said, um, they that are full have hired themselves out for bread. And they that were hungry ceased. So that the barren has born seven, and she that had many children is waxing feeble. And it says, the Lord kill it and he make it alive. You bring it down to the grave and bring it up. And that reminds me, I was, when we sang that song, the miry clay, did you all find it? Must keep it for me for tomorrow. Uh, <clears throat> the Lord make it poor, Lord make it rich, you bring it low, you bring it up. He raised the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill. That's worse than miry clay. God, it doesn't matter what man says, God can make something out of you. And, and that is why when you understand he lifts the beggar out of the dunghill and set them among princes to make them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. You know, <clears throat> I'm talking to you tonight, got five minutes left, and I am thinking of uh, this scripture in, in, in Jeremiah, the 17th chapter. Uh, there's so much more that I can pick up here, but I don't want to run beyond our time. When it says in Jeremiah, the 17th chapter, it talks about Israel. And Israel was in real good rebellion, 18th chapter of Jeremiah. And that is when Jeremiah went to the potter's house, verse 3, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so that he made it again. Now, he was working, potter's house, and while he was working, that vessel that the Lord, the potter was making was marred. There was a lump in the clay or some rock in the clay, and it was marred, so it got crooked. And so what did he do? Throw it out? No, we don't throw out damaged goods here. Come on, are you listening to me? That is why I like the church. The church does not throw out damaged goods. And I know this scripture was talking about the house of Israel. But we got four minutes. Go with me here. Second Test Timothy. In Second Timothy, it's not talking about the house of Israel. It's talking about every one of us. And Paul, in writing to Timothy, he said here in chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, he said, In a great house, that is, I believe, describing, we can liken it to the church, are all kinds of vessels. Vessels of gold and vessels of silver. Vessels of wood and vessels of earth. Some to honor and some to dishonor. Now listen to me carefully as I bring this up together. They're vessels of gold 
and their vessels of silver and their vessels of wood that's number three and their vessels of earth he names four kinds of vessels and he says some of these are to honor and some to dishonor he didn't say the goal is to honor he says any one of these could be honorable mankind would look at the goal and see that is honorable no God looked at each vessel individually and he says some can be to honor and some can be to dishonor and he says if a man purge himself from these he shall be a vessel of honor now you might not be a gold vessel you might be a gold vessel that's a dirty old gold vessel dishonor you might be a silver vessel full of corruption and pride and arrogance dishonorable see if I have a, a house and I've got four vessels there one is gold and one is silver and one is is um, earth and one is wood and I want to drink and I go check these vessels and I see which one is the worst maybe the wood because the earth is already baked right and look at the wooden one and it's clean look at the gold one it's got gunk inside look at the second one silver got gunk inside look at the third one which is ceramic gunk inside I'll take the wooden one tonight I want to tell you that you might be sitting in church here and feel like life has not been good to you there's a man sitting there, Brother Terry Tombran. Nobody wants to be in his shoes. Are y'all listening to me? Nobody wants to be in Terry's shoe. Because he's gone through hell. But you take Brother Terry away, there would be no Brother Joe sitting at the back. You take Brother Terry away, there'd be no Brother Kirk that did polish all these pews, shine the pews, whether he was a contractor and had Stefan do it or something like that. Take that away. And when you understand how God works, that's a vessel that God must work on. So when God comes in, tell me about it, I'll tell him, go work on Terry. Whenever you see God showed up, or Jesus show up, tell me, I'll say, Jesus, you know you work in carpentry. Can, whenever he, would God ever show up physically? No, my friend. God would not show up, and Jesus would not show up physically. You and I are the ones that are here that must be able to measure our grace. The grace that God has shown to us in not destroying us, you're only profitable when you reflect that grace. The moment God is to judge you and based on being prejudiced against you for something you did or something you have or something you say, you'd be lost. But God's grace goes beyond your human frailties. What you did in secret God's grace goes beyond that. Oh, every man shall receive a just recompense of reward. He will judge everyone accordingly. But when God is measuring out grace, 
His grace is called the unmerited favor of God. You didn't buy it. Your mama didn't buy it. Nobody bought it for you. It is God's grace. And when you receive that grace, Lord, forgive me as I forgive those that trespass against me. You'll be surprised to know your commitment and your salvation depends on your response to the people around you that's got flaws. So sit down and gossip. Wait for someone to stumble and step over them. Be that, now who was it, Samaritan and Levite. Be that, don't be that Levite that takes the other path and avoid getting contaminated by that fallen man on the road. But the Samaritan, who was not supposed to have so much of God, he showed more God than the godly man that was supposed to have God. Because he went and took the man, bound his wounds up, and took him and showed mercy on him. We must have the empathy, the grace, and the mercy of God. And when I see challenges in the church, I'm here to see that every vessel become honorable. So whether you're a gold vessel, it does not mean anything if you're a dirty gold vessel. When you're a silver vessel, all of these vessels does not mean anything. But you know what you can do? We can purge ourselves from these and become vessels of honor. Amen? Glad to talk to you tonight. Uh, we want to uh, close the service, but before I do that, before I pray with you and close the service, we got Sister Aziman, she's quite a preacher. Used to be, I don't know what now. But tomorrow, Chandri says, don't surprise her. I told Chandri I like surprise people. She liked to surprise and I like to surprise. So tomorrow we let us glad that she came to visit with us. And she must be wondering, well, um, let me pray and close the service. Father, we give you thanks for this day in your house. And all that transpired here tonight, we pray that your blessing will be on us. Deal with our hearts. Change us, Father. Keep changing us. And help us to become like Jesus, to measure out your grace to those around us. To give everyone a fighting chance, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.